Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It offers flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business. You can also earn up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Welcome to the Jill on Money podcast. It's Friday, September 18th. Let's all sneak in one last very important podcast of the year. Get it? It's the year. I know. You don't know what I'm talking about, many of you who are not Jewish, but it is the Jewish New Year at sundown this evening. So happy Rosh Hashanah, Lashana Tova to those who are listening. And for the rest of you, it's just a Friday. So if you'd like to ask a question of us, all you have to do is send an email. It's askjill at jillonmoney.com. That's what Sherry did. She is writing about a long-term care policy. And she says, Jill, I have a dilemma. I have had a long-term care policy through John Hancock since 2012. The premium started at $2,000 a year. Now it's $3,000 a year. $24,000 has gone into the policy, and I don't know if I should keep it. I have two paid-off properties, two annuities worth $400,000, and other investments worth $100,000. I know the premiums will keep going up. Who knows? I'm 73, but much younger chronologically. What's your opinion? Keep paying or invest the premium amounts in other investments. Long-term care is a tough one, guys. The premiums keep going up because it's really hard to calculate what the cost of care will be over the long term. Now, that said, I'd hate for you to give this up at the time where you might actually need it. So I need a little bit more information. For example, what is the value of all of those properties? And you know, when you look at your own situation, would you have a problem selling those properties to pay for care? Do you have other sources of income? Generally speaking, for people who are single who want to just spend their assets down, you may choose to actually get rid of this policy. But again, I'd hate to do it if for some reason you really actually might end up needing this policy. So send me some more information. I think that would be helpful. Okay. All right. Let's see here. Emily writes, oh my God, Emily sent such a pretty picture of her cats. There's three of them. Oh my God, the little one's adorable. Even I can say that. Okay. Hello, Jill and Mark. Thanks for everything you're doing to be a reasonable and calm voice above the fray of the daily news cycle. Here's the simple question. If my husband and I earn too much, more than $250,000 a year for any tax benefit from IRA contributions, should we bother with them? Should we just keep contributing to a brokerage account? I max out my 401k and my HSA with my employer. I also contribute $250 a month to a traditional IRA with Schwab. Okay. His employer does not offer a retirement plan. So he contributes $1,500 a month to a brokerage account. The tax law changes pushed us into the standard deduction category, so we no longer itemize. We have six to eight months of emergency savings, as well as short-term savings for vacation, she writes, ha ha, <laughs> and home down payment funds. Am I missing some other benefit of the IRA? Hmm. You guys make 
250 grand. So that means you're in the 24% tax bracket. It's not terrible. <laughs> you know what? I, I'll tell you what. I don't think it's the worst thing in the world just to have a brokerage account. You could do a non-deductible IRA and then move it. But you know, you're doing a lot of savings pre-tax. So I say go with the brokerage account, pay the tax that's due, move on, and don't worry too much about it. You've got a lot of pre-tax money that's already being invested. Emily writes, P.S., thank you for opening your mind to other fur babies besides doggos. See my gorgeous foster kitten snuggling with my cat buddy. Are they already um, on the website, Mark? They're already there, Emily. So you know what? You're in. Your babies are there. Kitty writes, huh, just kidding. No, really, her name is Kitty. Kitty writes, I'm listening to your podcast daily when I do my walking, even when I go to bed. Hmm. I truly appreciate your show and you have such a lovely voice and say hi to Mark and everyone appreciate Mark as well. Kitty writes, I took the early retirement package. So I'm thinking about moving everything from my 401k and rolling it over to a rollover IRA account. Perfect. That sounds great. It's going to be with the same company with so Fidelity. And the question here, Kitty says, I have to take my 401k before age 70 and a half anyway. Hmm. Well, it's actually 72 now. That's the old rule, 70 half. I'm not sure whether the market will go up or down or what. 401k, it's about 780,000. I've got 90% in stocks. I mean, look, the question really is, should you roll over or not? And the answer is, you know, if it's at fidelity, there's really no particular reason that you have to roll it over. I mean, you could, I guess, have more choices within the fidelity universe in an IRA rollover, but it doesn't really matter. Um, I think I would roll it over and I would try to reduce the allocation to equities because that's pretty dangerous considering you're going to start needing your money. So what I would do is I would make sure that you take a good long, hard look at when you're going to need your money. And as a result, if you're going to need that money sooner rather than later, you've got to preserve some amount of that. So some of it has to be really safe and not at risk in the stock market. Whatever you think you're going to need in the next year, that's in cash. But I tend to think that if you're going to start to draw this money down, you're going to need to preserve more of it. That means more in fixed investments, maybe a corporate bond fund, and be sure, be sure not to have too much at risk because if you have to take money out at the time when the stock market's lower, you're not going to be happy. Judy writes, I've been holding Vanguard's Star Fund for many years. It's performed better than most over the long term, has a low expense ratio, 0.31%. The Star Fund is essentially like one of the first, almost like it's almost like a target date fund in that it just sort of has a bunch of Vanguard funds within the fund. So it's a fund of funds. Judy says, from listening to your podcast, you've encouraged the use of index funds and in the some case, use of low-cost actively managed funds. I wonder how the Star Fund stacks up. I think it's great. I think it's awesome. I think the Star Fund has always been a good performer. And if it's just part of your overall portfolio, then good for you. Awesome. Okie dokie. Here we go. This is from Mike, who's a listener and fan for several years. I was hoping you can help me. Here's what's going on. My wife and I, both 30, we work. Collectively, we make $135,000 a year. We have about $65,000 in savings. We have a small child, a $250,000 30-year mortgage on a co-op in Brooklyn. It's a 4% note, and they're currently trying to refinance. 
Neither of us had a student loan, no credit card debt. He's got a 401k, no matching. Wife does not have a 401k, does not have an IRA or a Roth IRA. We're trying to figure out how to properly invest, set up our personal finances in a way that will provide growth and security. We were recently offered, oh my God, an index universal life policy. Is that a good idea? No. What are your thoughts on gold? No. I know that you mentioned it's not a good idea, but listening to Peter Schiff, a lot of what he says makes sense presently. Does it make sense now to invest in gold and silver? I threw a lot at you. Uh, Your feedback is greatly appreciated. Let me go back to your original concept here, which is you had a 30-year 4% mortgage and you're trying to refinance to a 15-year. I think that's a terrible decision on your part. I think you should refinance as a 30-year and keep your cash flow moving in the right direction, meaning that if you have a 30-year refi, you'll have more money available to invest. So now, number one, if you refi to a 30-year, how much money do you have going into your current retirement plan? If you have some room, you can put more into your 401k. I also suggest, since you make $135,000 a year, I presume that's together, I think that you should both make investments into a Roth IRA. So any extra money, Roth IRA. And in that Roth IRA, start small, with index funds. If you want to put a teeny tiny position in gold, you can buy a gold ETF, go crazy, but do not, do not, do not buy an IUL. Okay? No, absolutely not. Do not do that. Please do not do that. So if I think that you're getting rotten advice, then I'm going to tell you. All right. It is uh, Friday. And that means, you know what I haven't done in a while? I have forgotten to tell people that our music is composed by Joel Goodman, who's a good fan and a good friend of our program. Mark Talercio, he is the executive producer, that we are distributed by Cadence 13. And now I will remind you that before you close down for the weekend to wash your hands, wear your masks, maintain your physical distancing, and do something nice for somebody else today, you will be so happy for doing it. Who's our guest this weekend, Mark? Oh, this weekend, we have a really interesting couple of segments. We have an interview with a guy who started a company that allows you to invest in art and I'm really into it. I dig this guy a lot. So that's what we're going to do this weekend. It's all pre-taped, so don't judge me. I'm not working on Rosh Hashanah. All right, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.